Hey there, my beautiful baddie babies, and welcome, or welcome back to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we, that's right, me, you, all of the bad witches, the entire coven, we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. If, and this is a big if, if you survive that Scorpio full moon, what was that? Oh my goodness. What was that? How was that? Where was that? Why? Why Why was that? And who was that? I need someone to tell me who exactly the Scorpio full moon thinks they are <laughs> to just come into my life and lay me out like that. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I spent so much time thinking about this trip and getting ready for it that I, you know, being a bad witch, totally neglected to check CoStar app, to pay attention to my horoscope, to dig into astrology Twitter. I, nothing. I was not prepared at all. And that full moon hit and I, it, it took me out. It was unlike anything I have ever experienced. I have had full three and a half weeks Mercury in retrograde where things are just topsy-turvy that have not gotten me like that full moon did. Um, so how was it for you? <laughs> Write me a message. Uh, DM me on Facebook. Bad, join the Facebook group and tell me the Bad Witch Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know how it was for you. Let, you know, whenever I talk about astrological events, you know, and I talk to people that aren't necessarily identified as witches or really that into astrology. Um, I'll just kind of post about in different Facebook groups and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like, how is everyone doing? Just a self-care check-in, uh, self-care care for other check-in. And, uh, you know, usually everyone's like, Oh, I lost my job. I'm fighting with my boyfriend. My pet ran away. I, you know, someone came lurking back from my past. They, you know, loved him and stuff like that during astrological shifts. And there's always one person who's like, oh, things have been great. I'm really excelling at life and I have so much momentum right now. And I'm always like, no one asked you. <laughs> I mean, listen, I asked everyone, but the point was to commiserate. But in this instance, if you are one of the people who were invigorated by this full moon, who were enlightened by it, who are thriving as a result of it, let me know. Give, give me like some positive ways to look at this because it, it took me out to an extent that I'm still recovering from it. And that's not my typical relationship with full moons. I mean, they always kind of hit me hard. I find myself to be very listless and all the things that come with that, you know, just tired, no energy, no motivation, which <laughs> can be a problem when you are creative that works for themselves. Um, and, you know, just overall feeling like a grump, like I'm just a grumpus, but I have never had a full moon or Mercury in retrograde period or, you know, Saturn cutting up where I was truly just out. I, I could not get out of bed. could not open the blinds in my hotel. I was in my favorite city in the world, one of my favorite cities, and had no desire to walk outside. <laughs> I don't even think I ate. I think I had... I just drink water. Like that's how debilitating it was to me. And the day before I was, you know, in London, I landed, I was like, okay, I'm jet lag, but what else is new? Cause I always take naps as soon as I land. <laughs> Never in my life have I been like, Hey, let's go sightsee. And then, I, you know, we won't have jet lag. We'll go to bed at 10 PM. No, no, no. Oh, we're at the hotel at noon. Okay. Good night. <laughs> See you tomorrow. But you know, I'm walking around London and that day before something felt off. It's for being such a big buzzing city. There was such a feeling of quiet and solitude and loneliness that I could not put my finger, finger, <laughs> what's a finger? I could not put my finger on. It felt, it's the first time I can remember in my life feeling utterly lonely. Like I love being alone. I love spending time alone. I love going places alone. Eating dinner alone is one of my favorite things. When I used to go to movie theaters, I loved to go see movies by myself. Um, so I have no issue with 
alone. But the feeling of loneliness was so bizarre and it was so heavy. Um, so I spent the whole first day out and I, you know, was tip tapping around and I looked at the swans and I could see the London eye in the distance and I could see, um, uh, what's it called? Kensington palace and, and the princess Diana of Wales Memorial fountain, such a long name. And I actually really wanted to see that because the last time I was there, it hadn't been built yet. And it was kind of my plan to spend all of the day around water, you know, connecting in with my water. You know what? Maybe that's what I did. Maybe I spent so much time around like the circle ponds and the memorial and the serpentine river that I overloaded my Scorpio ass, my Scorpio rising. And I just took it too far. And that's why. And it was also raining that day. So it was very wet. It was very heavy. And Maybe it was just the perfect storm to have this full moon knock me out. But I get back to the hotel and it was, it's really hard to kind of put in two words. I'm usually very good with expressing myself. Hello, triple water sign. I'm a sensitive crybaby. I know my feelings. I'm in touch with my feelings. But, you know, and with this moon in particular, there was, a heightened emotion, really everything's kind of raw and bringing things to the surface and things that you're not necessarily ready to face. And I think that's what is key here is that I was not necessarily dealing with emotions, but I was dealing with fears and it was a fear of some kind of sustained solitude or loneliness, a fear that everything I'm doing doesn't really matter in a long run, which is so crazy juxtaposed with like, I was getting notifications about the Bad Witch group and people were requesting to join. And that makes me feel more than anything in this world and in this life that I have a community and a connection with people. So it just goes to show <laughs> that astrological events can just flatten us out. And that's what happened with me. Um, without going into too much grisly detail, uh, if anyone speaks to Scorpio in the future, to another Scorpio full moon, please tell them I didn't appreciate that. And, um, I, oh, I, I, I am glad we, we have a little distance until we go through that. And the thing is called a flower full moon. Like how beautiful and bountiful and lush does that sound? So I know there has to be people, there has to be witches that had wonderful revelatory experiences with this full moon. I just happen to not be one of them. So I do want to hear your experience. So in the Facebook group or at the Bad Witch Podcast at gmail.com, hit me up. Tell me what it was like for you. Um, I would love to share good stories with you and I'd love to share war stories with you because it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah, I'm very happy it's over. Well, that it's over to an extent, like we've gone through the brunt of it, but it, the feelings have really re reverberated. I don't know why I'm trying to say so many words this week that I can't pronounce, but let's see what happens. <laughs> new country, new Mickey, new podcast. Let's see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely still feeling the effects of it, but it's kind of, okay. So I just complained about it so much, but maybe I am looking a gift horse in the mouth because where I'm staying right now in Greece it is the most quiet place I have ever been in my life. I have been into spas that have more noise and activity. <laughs> it, is, it, it is truly a sanctuary. That's the best word to describe it. It's so quiet. And there is a feeling of solitude here, but in a really, really good way. I am able to think. I am able to be creative. I am able to write, which Lord knows I haven't gone in about eight months. <laughs> I worked on my book at all. And I feel, instead of having a crushing solitude like I did when the full moon hit and was like, mm, hey girl, I am feeling a motivated solitude. Like you have so much peace and you've been asking for this. Oh wait. Okay. So I, I did ask for this. I'm just remembering now that I kept getting certain cards in my deck. <laughs> always comes full circle, doesn't it? Don't you love when I have live revelations on the podcast? I never just think things out until I'm talking to all of you. But I kept getting um, a card that's in relation to increased sensitivity. And I kept taking that as um, 
like modern day noise, like television and uh, tr like police sirens and traffic and trying to avoid that kind of stuff and being in crowds. But what my cards were telling me was to embrace a feeling of solitude so that I can truly get in touch with myself and listen to myself. And I'm sure heighten my witch powers. Okay, Scorpio moon. We're, I, okay, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Okay, so Scorpio full moon did turn out to be a good thing. Um, I, I did bloom underneath it. It's just, you know, sometimes, a lot of the time, growth and healing and being prepared for change is painful. It, we do have legitimate growing pains, and they're not just physical. They're emotional, and they can be fear-based. But I now that I'm talking out with all of you, my beloved coven, you're the ones that always put me on the right track <laughs> when you haven't responded yet. I'm seeing that that feeling of solitude that it was trying to show me was like, hey, you're afraid of this, but it's not so bad. Because now that I'm in Greece and I'm in this place where it's so quiet and I am feeling this really amazing sense of peace that's coming from solitude, I, I feel whole again. And I feel like I've gotten to a place where I'm, I'm physically somewhere that I've kind of been looking for and have an experience that I really, really genuinely needed. So yeah, I had to go through a little bit of hell <clears throat> to get to the good place. <laughs> that's where I am. Also, um, speaking of, if the podcast sounds a little bit different this week, it's because this room is cavernous. <laughs> there may be a bit of an echo. I'm trying to like stop and fiddle with the kind of controls and listen back as I'm going. Um, if you've ever been to Greece, I mean, not that I've been to like a ton of places in Greece, but I've been to three or four different um, little locations. And the design aesthetic I have encountered is that it's very white and very Spartan. So even if it's not the biggest space ever, it won't have that much filling it up. I mean, it's pretty much just what you need, which again is a place that I really need to be because I feel like I have gotten kind of too caught up in material things lately. Before I left for the trip, I was getting a ton of PR from a lot of different brands. And I just felt like I had too much shit. <laughs> when I get home, this has been a really good reminder too, that it's okay to purge things out. And typically during a full moon, I will, I'm not so much a spell-based witch during that time. I'm a ritual or ritual-based witch. And so I like to purge things. And I think that's where I'm feeling a little off too is because I didn't go through any kind of purge process. And I'm also remembering now that I'm talking to you all that I forgot to smudge before I left, which I always always do before I get on a plane to go anywhere. I don't care if it's like an hour away, always smudge. I clean everything out, not just to bring in good for the upcoming situation, but um, to leave my home a place that I want to come back to and not have any like stale, lingering nasties when I get back. But I totally forgot to do that too. So I was really, really a bad witch before I left this trip. Holy hell. Um, but yeah, so I'm in this room and it is cavernous and there's an echo, and I'm sorry if the echo is coming through. I won't be recording here next week, so uh, it will be a one-week problem, hopefully, if it's a problem at all. And there's, I have a really lovely balcony, and I wanted to go outside and, like, record in the night air and listen to the water while I'm recording. But, like I said, it's very, very quiet here, and I don't want anyone to be like, who's a loud, obnoxious American? <laughs> so, I don't, listen, I'm trying to be a good representative, not only of Americans abroad, but also of witches abroad. Um, I'm, oh, I'm even hoping right now because it's, uh, like 1030 my time at night that my lovely neighbors can't hear me and they're like, what the hell is she talking about? Listen, not everyone's ready for the bad witch life yet. You got to get in when you fit in. So yeah, that was the full moon for me. Um, let me know how it was for you. I'm truly interested. Anytime we talk about anything on the podcast, I, like I said, I always want it to be a dialogue. I want to know how things are affecting you or how your week is just kind of going, you know, never feel shy about sharing with me or sharing with the coven, whatever you're comfortable with, because in those feelings of solitude that I was kind of having it, the things that were things that were grabbing my hand and pulling me out of it and pulling me out of honestly a state of depression. Um, and just a low, a low energy place, a low vibrational place 
was that the Facebook group was like popping off at the same time and that people were posting stuff that were like really funny, like really just cute memes and pictures, but also articles that touch into witchcraft and, you know, things that we have as resources that expand all of our practice. So never feel shy about reaching out. I've said a hundred times on this podcast and it's very true, even though I have a podcast where I talk for more than an hour every week (laughs) and my job is like taking pictures and posting them on Instagram. I'm a very shy person, so I would never ask anyone in the group, um, or sorry, in the coven to push past their personal comfort level. Do whatever witching you want in your own witching time. You know, that's one of our beliefs around here. But yeah, always feel free to share with me how the full moon has affected your life or how Mercury retrograde is going for you. (laughs) That was probably when when all of this kind of kicked off Bad Witch, because we were still in like our really, really early episodes. And that's when I started getting a lot of interaction with all of you and it was the best you know we I, you helped me get through mercury and retrograde and i hope you helped me get through this period too and i hope i do as well yeah let me know how it was for you i hope it treated you better than it treated me maybe the lesson here is to not be such a bad witch look at my astrological calendar and make sure that i don't plan any trips right when a full moon is hitting because you don't want to have a full moon plus jet lag. It's just not a good mix. <laughs> oh, also, um, I've had a couple of people recently reach out to me with astrology recommendations, like uh, YouTube channels and um, different websites and apps and astrologers that are really into. So I'm going to be checking all of that out. Let me know if you can answer this question for me, though. I, in a vague sense, have heard and believed to be true that certain, whatever signs you have in certain houses are affected by the full moon in that sign, if that makes sense what I'm saying. So my question is to all of you astrology experts out there that are way more versed than I am, (laughs) you know, I am an astrology novice, not an expert at all. How, if you can explain to me, how does, how do your signs correlate with the sign that the full moon is in. So I'm a Scorpio rising. Is the reason that this just totally knocks me on my ass because I'm a Scorpio rising and this was a Scorpio moon. You understand what I'm saying? And if I was a Scorpio sun versus a Scorpio moon versus a Scorpio rising, would it have affected those three differently? I'm very curious to find out if the reason I felt this so intensely is because I have Scorpio in, um, in that position. So if you know the answer, I'm sure a lot of you know the answer. I just don't know. But if you do, um, let me know. I have heard before, and tell me if I'm wrong, that if the full moon is in your sun sign, it means that it's really a positive experience and things don't go haywire like they went for me. So if I was a Scorpio sun and the Scorpio full moon kicked in, would I have experienced it different? differently? That's my question. Does that make sense? I hope so. Look, full disclosure, I'm still a little jet lagged. I have gone from America to London to Greece in a short amount of time. So if that question just made no sense, but you, or if it made a little sense, just email me and we'll get some clarification going and then I can tell you what I'm trying to say. But anyway, yeah, what's really important is that we all survived. We're all going to go on to witch another day. And I, uh, I'm ever so grateful for the coven as I am always, but especially this week because going into the Facebook group and seeing a post that said uh, Sage Against the Machine was one of the best things I've ever seen. Uh, It really lifted my spirit just as actual smudging would and I totally forgot to smudge like I said. So it was a good little placeholder until I can get back to my smudging when I'm back in the States. Um, but speaking of Sage Against the Machine and the levels that that has and the magic that that has and the implications that that has, without being too political, because this isn't a political podcast, it's a witch podcast, but as witches, our existence has historically and now still is politicized. And as for me personally, as someone that identifies as a woman, my existence is politicized. Same for anyone that identifies as a woman. And honestly, no matter how you identify in 2019, we are politicized whether we want it or not. And we have to be involved whether we want it or not. This is a feminist space and I am a feminist. And that is very, very important to me. 
And so I just <clears throat> want to make a call to action that we are using our magic and harnessing it in any way to take down the patriarchy because it is doing us no favors currently. It is making steps towards and taking action to attempt to eradicate equality, to eradicate our safety and our ability to make choices for ourselves and to regress people to a state of being second-class citizens. And we simply will not and cannot stand for that. So, of course, vote, write letters, call, do what you can in a tangible sense with with dealing with all the stuff that's going on right now. But also, you know, we always say we didn't just get these gifts for no reason. We don't just have magic in the craft for no reason. We have to do something good with it. It's not just to sit around and, you know, attract wealth for yourself or attract love for yourself, which is all wonderful things and all things that we deserve, you know, because we deserve good. We talk about that all the time. But we also need to be working towards a greater good and a greater good for all of us is not what's going on right now. So again, without getting too political, let's all harness the magic that we do have and the practice that we've been putting in and be good witches and be on top of this shit because it, it things are just somehow getting more and more bleak all the time, even though we can't imagine that they would be, but here it is. And we as witches have been persecuted and we're not going to take that shit anymore. We have survived to this point and, you know, magic and witchcraft is something that is so passed down through our lineage and through our DNA. And so that proves how strong witches have always been. We are quite literally the sons and the daughters of those witches. We are the sons and daughters of survivors. And even though we don't face persecution in the same way, we do still face certain mentalities that are fear-based. You know, fear really might be a theme of this episode is that people make decisions and target others out of a fear-based belief or because they want to invoke fear as a tool of power and control. And we simply cannot stand for that. So again, this is just a call to action. We don't have to go into a full debriefing of everything that's been going on you know, I know, we are well aware, we, we might be bad witches, but I think we have our pulse on what's going on with society to the most part. And we just need to do everything that we can to affect change. And so I hope that we do. I, I, I truly will do everything I can um, in a witch sense, but also in my, my real life world sense to to just try to make the world a better place for all of us because there's things are just they're bleak for lack of a better word. But anyway, um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because it's been on my mind a lot. And I also feel like with the full moon again, I can't just necessarily blame the full moon hundred percent. Um, you know, reading all of that stuff and people coming forward and sharing their stories and just having an awareness of the impact of of what can happen weighs on all of us. And, you know, I think it is good to have a mental health check-in because we all, all are always taking in everything, whether it be via podcast or via Twitter or uh, via Facebook, CNN, every, everything. It's just, you can't turn off the noise. You know, I, that's why I am really appreciative. Like I said, even though the solitude felt very scary at first, it feels very comfortable now and very peaceful in this new space that I've been able to turn it all off because it was truly deafening. Like it was just too much. So this is a good time also, if you haven't done it in a while, to get a good salt bath going to line up your amethyst crystals on the side of the tub. I know I haven't brought up my bath ritual in a long time, but there's no time like the present to indulge in some witch self-care. If, if for no other reason because we're just taking in so much noise all the time. We did just go through this full moon. It was about kind of bringing fears up to the surface. 
And it's okay now to purge that stuff away, to wash it away with the salt, to let the amethyst kind of slurp it out of you and take in that for you. Just remember to cleanse them and recharge them afterwards. You don't want to have like a bunch of amethyst pieces or <clears throat> selenite or whatever you choose to use. Just, you know, now charge them with negativity, run them under cold water, put them under the moon. <laughs> don't just smudge them, whatever you got to do. Um, well, selenite actually doesn't need to be cleansed. We've talked about that before. But if you use another one like amethyst or if you want to use moonstone or something, make sure you're cleansing it out. But yeah, it, it wouldn't hurt to take that ritual salt bath and just let those energies come off of you and reset because there's been a lot of shit going on. And we live in a world where we it's really, really hard to escape. And it's really, really hard to turn it off. So, you know, use your witch powers for good. Take care of yourselves take care of each other. Let's do the damn thing. And let's get some good change going, but not at the cost of our sanity. Okay, I think it's time for some Patreon shout outs. <laughs> we have been talking about some heavy stuff for the first part of the episode. But you know, essential stuff, not not anything that we didn't really kind of need to talk about. And I needed to talk about the full moon. So as always, <laughs> thank you for being there for me and hearing me out. But with our Patreon, patrons on Patreon. I am never going to learn that. An extra special thank you to Maya, Lindsay, Heidi, Aurora, Courtney, Stephanie, Alicia, Sasha, Brett, Elizabeth, Sola, Aaron, and Amanda. Thank you so, so, so much. You know you mean the world to me. You all mean the world to me. And I'm glad that we can talk about the fun, lighthearted stuff. And I'm really glad that this is also a space where we can talk about the more serious stuff. You know, it's all about striking balance. There's That is what is essential to witchcraft is that if we're out of balance then we're out of whack and then our magic is out of whack. So we want to be able to strike that balance. And so we do have to talk about the dark and the light and the heavy and the light. So light, so light works with both of those actually. But really being in balance does make everything go just that much more smoothly. And you know, that is what we were leading up to with the past five weeks of talking about salt and smoke and flame and ash and heart all of these elements coming together in a circle shape, perhaps, <laughs> to power our magic, to put us into balance, to connect us to nature. And, you know, we went over all of our correspondences and our directions and our colors and, and what those elements rule. And we are so, so well-informed now, but it's like, what are we going to do with all this knowledge? We are going to put it into practice. Of course, that is always our goal here is not just to talk about witchcraft, but to have practical applications of our witchcraft and, you know, try it out. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> no, try it out because we're always all coming from a good place. We always all have good intentions, right? And as always, this is casting a circle according to Mickey. <laughs> just the way that I do it, the way I've been taught to do it, the way that I have found works best for me. There are certainly many, many ways to do it. If you have your own way, well, of course you have your own way, then, um, you know, you know where to share it. I would love to see it and, you know, share it with everyone else. And with witchcraft, it really is, you know, there's no uniform way. And we talk about it all the time, all the time. What was that accent that just popped out all the time? Um, so why a circle? Well, not just because being inside the circle and casting Casting it itself gives us protection. It keeps out bad entities, bad energies, um, anything nefarious, anything that we won't want, we won't wanting, what am I trying to say? We aren't wanting, there we go. <laughs> we aren't wanting to penetrate our circle and thus penetrate our magic and throw off the intention or throw off the destination or throw off the energy of it. So it is that to keep us in a protected space. But it's also to keep our magic focused. So we don't want to be just throwing it out into the air and it's bouncing around. It's kind of the thing that's popping into my head. This is how old I am. I don't know if y'all have ever seen the movie Flubber. <laughs> I think there's two versions. So one from like the 60s and then one, one I think with Eddie Murphy, maybe. Someone, some like comedian. And I just have this scene that's flashing in my head of they pull the flubber out of its containment bit. I don't, I don't know science. And it just starts bouncing around the room and going all crazy. And I think someone had to like catch it in a mitt. I, it's clearly been a long time since I've seen this movie, but I don't know why I'm on this flubber tangent, but that's what popped into my head. 
But that is what the circle is also for. It is to contain the magic and it is to protect the magic. So nothing is able to penetrate the circle once it's cast, but it's also that we have it so focused and harnessed in this one area that it's it's going to hit what you're intending for it to hit. It's going to go in the direction you want it to go as opposed to bouncing all over the room because you don't have it contained in some way. So it's about building up the energy in that space and making your magic all the more potent, especially because, you know, we are dealing with the elements now and we know where to face and what tools to bring in. And it's about protecting your magic and protecting yourself as a witch. Cause you know, as witches and as, as empaths, we do very much attract good and bad. We very much attract wonderful things and also things that want to harness our power and basically siphon it off of us, especially as light workers. So yeah, it's about containing the magic. It's about protecting the magic. Um, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to not talk about the craft right now, but here we go. At this point, it truly just wouldn't be an episode of Bad Witch without talking about the craft. So you know the scene. I Have you all seen the movie by now? Maybe the first true meetup we ever have is like a screening of the craft or we need to go live on Skype or something and watch it together. But the scene, oh gosh, I hope I'm saying, I'm remembering this right, um, where Sarah changes her hair and eye color. They're just doing like little glamour spells. I believe in their, that scene, there is a circle cast on the ground if you see it and it's kind of surrounded by candles. So if you have seen the movie, but you've never seen a tangible circle cast, that is what it's going to look like. And there's also a movie called The Skeleton Key. <laughs> I sound like film Twitter right now. And in the movie, um, there's, so we know we talked about in the ritual, as I should have called it, ritual episode, the um, potency of breakfast and how it's used a lot in magic, especially where I am from culturally, it's used a lot for us. Um, and so you can like draw it in a line over your doorstep. So nothing can enter that you don't want there. But also in that movie, I think she uses brick dust to create a circle for herself, basically to protect herself from what's trying to get her. It's not a witch movie, but it's like a good scary movie. <laughs> but anyway, um, that would be another instance, if you have seen that movie, of someone drawing in a circle to protect themselves. I can't remember if she used brick dust or salt. No, not salt. Or was it salt? Was it chalk? I'm almost certain it was brick dust because the movie's set in Louisiana. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh, we're like getting real deep. <laughs> but so if you've seen either of those two, those are two instances where you would see kind of the concept of the circle to protect um especially the skeleton key to protect and keep out bad, but in the craft to um, have a more, a more harness space to practice your magic and to kind of bring your little spells to fruition. Can I tell you side note, how many times I have tried to do that spell that Sarah does where she changes her eye color and her hair color. <laughs> do you know the money it would save me if I could just glamor people into seeing that I have pink hair instead of having to go to the salon and bleach my hair and dye it every time. But I digress. <laughs> if anyone happens to know a glamour that I could pull off for that and change my eye color from time to time and not have to worry about makeup, let your girl know. But yeah, so we use the circle to protect. We use the circle as an energy source, honestly, to, to make sure it's all contained. It's all going laser focused in the right direction. You can cast a circle indoor or out. I personally, <laughs> this is a very shallow reason, I personally do not like to do it outside. And that is because of bugs, honestly, which doesn't sound as ridiculous as I'm making it sound, but it's because I, I want to have such concentration while I'm doing my spells and working my magic that if a mosquito decides that I'm delectable and wants to come suck my blood or a little bumblebee comes buzzing by my ear or whatever, I don't want to be pulling myself out of the moment thinking, oh, ah, you know, that like quick panic you get when you hear that sound by your ear and you're swatting stuff away. I want to have as much concentration as possible. So <laughs> it's not as ridiculous as it sounds. I'm like, oh, bugs are so scary. No, I mean, I saw my little spider friend today and we were totally chill, but it's just because I don't want to break my own focus. So you can cast it indoor or outdoor. I, there's definitely something to be said for doing it outdoor because we're working again with natural elements. And to be on the ground itself, to sit and touch the earth, 
to harness that energy out of it. You know, we our homework during the earth episode and the ash episode was to place our hand on the earth and to feel that vibration and to feel the energy and the magic coming through you. So there's definitely something to doing it outside. And if you aren't as afraid of bugs as I am, well, not afraid, but as distracted by bugs as I am, then absolutely cast your circle outside. So when we talk about casting a circle, you can tangibly create a circle or you can create an energy field. So if you are outside again, you can take, um, well, first of all, you want to clear your space. So if you are outside, you want to move anything that is in your way that would congest your circle, if that makes sense. So if you have any errant branches, if you have any, um, any litter, unfortunately, people love to just throw trash on the ground all the time. It always blows my mind when I see someone do that. Um, you just want to clear it out as much as possible because, you know, the more clarity you have in your space, the more clarity you're going to have in your magic. And if you're indoor, then if you just, you know, you have shit on the ground, <laughs> just move it out of the way. We want to have a clear, plain space to which, to, to which, to, to which, to, to which, I don't know what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is we want to have a clean, clear space to make our circle on. And so once you tangibly actually clear stuff away, you're going to cleanse the space. So if you want to have your selenite and wave it over everything, if you have Agua de Florida and spray it around, that's what I like to use. Um, if you have your good old sage or lavender or oh, what's that one that smells so good? Patchouli, cedarwood, all of that stuff. You can use it to cleanse out just like you would do with anything else. Because, you know, we, we want an actual space that is clean and doesn't congest our magic. But we also want a space that is, of course, spiritually clean because that's what we're dealing with. So if you're outside, um, one of the really cool things to do is to take actual rocks from the area you're in and create the perimeter of the circle. Ooh, look at me using words like perimeter as if I understand math at all. That's probably not even the right word. <laughs> I think it is. Um, and if you're inside, I like to use salt. Or I like to use brick dust. Again, that is an oldie but a goodie. There is, even, even salt, there is nothing I really believe in keeping away bad spirits and bad energies as much as brick dust. So if you can get it, get it. Um, you can also create it with crystals. It's, it's up to you. It's what you feel comfortable with. Also cords. Um, and again, you don't have to tangibly, how many times can I say the word tangible? <laughs> you don't have to actually create a physical circle, you can cast yourself in um, a protective circle, protective energy. I like to always think of myself being cast in a purple light when I am needing protection in a situation. I think I talked about this in the travel episode. I will always envision the plane being surrounded by a purple light. And that is a protective force. Um, I also do it with my home. I do it, you know, just anytime I feel like I need a little extra oomph, in the protection arena, I will visualize casting a purple light around myself, around others, around the space I'm in, whatever. So yes, if you're outside, you can still use salt. You can still use uh, brick dust. You can use your own crystals. You can use uh, rocks and stones from the area you're in. Same with inside. The only difference with inside is, of course, you can't use any rocks that you found in your house unless you just collect rocks. I don't know what you do with your spare time. You totally could. So you have your actual circle. We have picked a space. We have cleaned out any physical things that are in the way. We have spiritually cleared it out and cleansed the space. And we have created our actual circle, whether it is a physical circle or it is a spiritual circle that we have. Well, not spiritual circle because in both senses, it's a spiritual circle. But it's an envisioned circle with an energy and a color that we have conjured up in our mind and manifested into the space that we're in. Oh, and this is key. How could I forget this part? Um, especially with all the things we talked about in the first part of the episode, is that you want a space that emanates quiet. You do not want to be disturbed. And listen, I know it's very, very hard to find a place that is purely quiet. And that's why sometimes it is okay and almost better to venture off into nature and of course go somewhere safe don't just go off into the woods and meet up with Bigfoot never to be seen again or anything but it, it is a little easier to find that solitude and that quiet and that peace in an outdoor space and indoor for a lot of us a lot of us live in apartments a lot of us have kids a lot of us 
you know, just live in the city and there's just noise all the time. So the, the more quiet you can affect, 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 the more quiet you can generate or the more quiet you can seek out, that is a more ideal scenario. But you know, we're witches and we're bad witches and we're going to work with what we can work with, right? So you have your circle cast. Um, or you have your, your physical circle set, or if you're imagining it and you're generating it with your mind, you have still the boundaries of that circle set, whatever you're going to be using in your ritual. <laughs> I can't say that word without wanting to say ritual now, um, which sounds the same both ways when I say it, um, whatever you're going to use for the ritual or for yourself, you want to make sure that you have in the circle, because once you have created the circle, you don't want to break it. It's the same thing as when you do candle magic and you blow out the flame. Well, you just blew out all the magic you just did. If you create and cast this beautiful, glorious circle that you're going to perform this wonderful magic in, and then you break it to step out to, to bring something else in, then you're essentially breaking the magic in the situation. So make sure you don't get so excited about putting your salt on the ground or lighting up your rocks or anything that you're like, oh damn, I left all my candles on the outside. So speaking of candles, you want to place a candle at each of the four corners um, of the cardinal directions that we've been talking about all this time. So I personally wouldn't suggest trying to guess which direction is which. <laughs> if you could just get your hands on a compass, I would take it into the room with me or take it outside with me and find the true directions because that's the thing. You want the true direction. You don't want an approximation. <laughs> you don't want a guesstimate. You want the true direction to place your candles down because the elements are such an essential part of the circle and working with all this stuff in conjunction with each other that you don't, you know, accidentally want to place your candle here or place your totem there and you're just mixing everything up because listen, just get a compass. It's just going to make your life much easier for casting circles, which is something as a witch that we do a lot. So just as a refresher, we're probably the, well, definitely the sixth time by now, <laughs> just to make sure we have our elements 100% clear. Earth, ash is north, air, smoke is east, fire or flame is south, and water or salt is west write it down. It's okay if you get to the circle and you build it all out and you're like, oh damn, I can't remember which direction is which. A lot of you are hearing this for the first time or you have heard it for the first time over the course of the series. I know I've been repeating it a lot to try to, you know, get it in there. But even I have to sometimes be like, wait, which one? Water is north. <laughs> you know, like sometimes I get it all switched up too. It is okay to commit it to paper. It is okay to bring it into your circle. It's okay to just have your handy dandy spell book that you make notes in and reference back, you know, every once in a while and be like, okay, these are these, I'm about to do this because you want, I, you know, I'd like to say there's no wrong way to do things, but when there, there is right ways to do things. So you do want to make sure that everything is lining up as much as possible. So we also talked about our correspondences, right? And what, what physical things also work with each element. And so you want to bring a totem of each into your circle. So of course you can get a different color variant for the four corners when you're placing down your candles. So you can get a blue for water. You can do a red or orange for, um, for flame or fire. You can do a green or brown for earth and you can do a yellow, um, or white for, which one didn't I say that air, <clears throat> but you can also bring in those correspondences that we've talked about in all the past episodes. So, you know, we talked about a bunch of different totems. So for earth, you can bring in a crystal. Um, if you are already outside, then, you know, the dirt and the grass and everything is plentiful. But if you're inside, you could even bring in, you know, a little, um, of not chalice, a little pot of dirt or a little potted plant. Um, for air, you can do an incense or you can do a feather. Um, even bring in your own bundle of sage or whatever you like to smudge with anything that smokes, right? Cause that's our smoke element for fire. The candle of course is going to kind of stand in for fire, um, and, and lighting that flame itself. But it, I like to bring in matches because it just represents that the fire is being, um, being ignited into existence. And then for water, I like to use just a chalice or a bowl of water. I do like to add salt to it. You know, I'm very stuck on this salt thing. <laughs> it's just, I really am stuck on this ocean sea 
salt uh, thing with the water. And water, of course, in itself is pure, and the element that we're working with is a pure element. But the salt, because it does have that cleansing property as well, and it's always good to bring as much cleansing as possible into a magic situation, especially when you're working with your intentions to cast a spell or do a ritual or ritual, then to have the salt water is a little added bonus. You know, we talked about to, um, oh wait, we were talking about that in this episode is taking the salt bath or doing the salt sh shower over your shoulder. So yeah, I like to add salt to my water. It's not just for cooking, you guys. <laughs> it's also for casting spells. Hear me out. So you have your physical circle now. You have your totems within the circle and everything you want to use for what you're going to do. You have your handles placed. So everything's looking good. You've cleansed the space. You've cleared the space. So now you want to connect with the space. You want to actually get it going. So what I like to do is just sit for a few minutes and do everyone's favorite thing, which is meditate <laughs> and set my intention for what I will be doing, what my focus is, what I hope to achieve. And to make sure I have taken out, you know, we've literally, you're clearing the space of litter or branches or, um, you know, just junk on the floor if you're in your house, but I need to clear my mind as well. And especially if there's any cobwebs in my mind, like I have been having lately with, um, the full moon again, and just feeling a little foggy and a little hazy and with traveling and everything, I would really, really try to take even more time to meditate if I was doing it right now. And just clear out my mind because, like I said, I don't like to go outside and do it because the bugs are a distraction to me. I don't want my my own mind and my own chatter and internal monologue in my head to also be like, oh, I know you're casting a spell right now. But also, did you turn the oven off? <laughs> you know, Did you lock that door? Did you remember to pay that bill? You want to eliminate as much chatter as possible. And that's why it's really good to literally ground yourself, whether you're sitting on the ground outside or you're sitting on a ground, uh, in, in, in an inner space and let that mind chatter go, meditate, bring it down to a shout, quiet it out, find that solitude, the other theme of this episode, and let your mind just, just focus on the task at hand, which is about the magic and the moment that you're in right then. And not about something you have to do once you break the circle or not something you did right before you formed the circle. It's about being present right then and right there. So I like to meditate, bring it on down, <laughs> bring some calm to the situation. And then I go on to light each candle. And um, basically in that moment, you are calling on the elements to work with you, to be your uh, aces in that moment. So you don't have to use a particular call to them. Um, you can just say something like, spirit of mother earth, I call on you. Um, spirit of water, I call on you. Spirit of air, I call on you. Spirit of flame, I call on you. I switch out the words all the time, obviously. But um, just make sure that you are, again, compass. Make sure that you have laid out your candles. This is why I actually, I know some people like to use all white candles, all yellow candles, all black candles. This is why I like to use candles that are corresponded to the element that I'm interacting with at the time. So I don't call to the spirit of fire and I'm actually lighting my candle for Mother Earth. You, know? <laughs> so you want to make sure everything is lining up the way it's supposed to be. Colorful candles and compasses are going to be your best friend. So it doesn't have to be what I just said. You can say, you know, um, blessings to the spirit of the North. Um, help me with my magic. Hear my call hear my spell, uh, be present for my ritual. You can say anything. I tend to change it up a lot, just like when I'm smudging or when I'm doing candle magic, I don't necessarily use exact spells. If I, if a really good one pops to mind, I'll try to write it down once I'm done. But usually I've taken so long to do what I'm doing that it's totally <laughs> slipped out of my mind. I like to just kind of freeform it. And I like to just talk to all the elements and, and have, and i organic relationship with them because I'm just saying what is kind of coming to me at the time. Of course, being as respectful as possible and acknowledging, acknowledge, acknowledging, Ooh, that's where it sounds really weird. Not only their power, but also that I am asking for their favor and for their assistance. And so to be very respectful and thankful for that as well. So once you have, I feel like we're putting out so many steps. So once you have put, cleared everything out, put the circle down, in a physical sense, cleared out the space, 
cleanse the space, brought everything into the circle, make sure nothing is left out, put your candles down, put your totems down, put in everything that you need tools wise, light all your candles, get your compass out, make sure it's in the right, everything's going in the right direction. Once everything is lit and you've meditated and you've cleared the space, I like to come back to the center of the circle because that is the heart and that is the spirit. And you know, we've talked about the spider web and how it interconnects everything and the energy that runs through us connects us to the elements in the sense of spirit. Um, you know, cords and threads and all of those totems as well. I like to just say thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. This circle is cast. Blessed be. You can, again, steal that if you want to, or you can work out your own variation. But it always is really important to come from a place of gratitude. It's not just that we're asking for this assistance and we're asking for this help and we're expecting it. It's that we're thankful for it. We're thankful for our power. We're thankful for the world that we live in and the earth that we have and the elements that are lending this natural magic to us. So you want to make sure that before you ask for anything or embark on anything, you are thankful for that moment and for that circle and for the power within it. So you've done all that. <laughs> we're on step 15 or whatever step we're on. Once you have invoked the spirits of these elements and you're feeling the buzzing of the power, you're feeling the harmoniousness of it, you feel safe, you feel protected, this is the moment now within to enact your magic. Whatever spells you want to do, whatever rituals you have in mind or rituals you have in mind, this is the time when you have truly created this perfect circle of not just the energy, not just the elements, but also that sense of protection is there. So beep bop and do whatever you got to do, <laughs> whatever you've gone out there or gone upstairs or find this, found this quiet space to manifest this magic, cast your spell. That's, you know, it's not just casting your circle. You cast a circle and so that you can cast your spell, work it all out. I personally, once the magic is cast, like to sit back down. Um, I was trying to think if I have a preference for standing or sitting when I do magic, I think I do like to stand. It's something about having my feet on the ground versus I guess having my legs and butt on the ground. <laughs> it's not that big of a difference. You're still grounded, but I like to really have my feet placed on the ground. That might be a Pisces thing because Pisces rule, um, the, the feet, that's like our part of the body that we have, we govern, but I, I like to be flat footed on the ground. And so I like to stand for the actual casting the spell or doing the ritual part. And then I like to bring it back down to that seated position because it feels almost more childlike and comfortable. And like you're embracing all of these elements in a, like being in a mothering way, like they're mothering you. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Um, so I like to sit and I like to close with the meditation as well. Just to really, once again, focus on what I was doing, focus on what I hope to accomplish what my intentions were set on, what my energy is, and to really just sit and listen and feel the vibrations within the circle to, to almost just take it all into myself because you have created such a positive energy space. So once I feel like that meditation is done, you take as little or as much time as you need. I will then get up and I, I'm trying to think, I don't necessarily have an order that I will invoke the elements in opening or closing. Sometimes if I'm like feeling very just drawn to one at the time, or I'm working with say something that has to do with being a spell that has to do with bolstering courage and self-confidence, you know, I'm going to acknowledge fire first, but you know, you don't have to do it that way. It's whatever you feel comfortable with and what you're drawn to. So after that is done, you meditate again, you, you kind of close everything out mentally and spiritually. You're going to physically kind of close everything out. So I go to each corner, whatever order that feels comfortable to you. And, um, it's the same thing of you. So at the start or at the open, you're saying, you know, um, I'm, I'm awakening this spirit and I'm calling on it to be present while I'm, I'm trying to create this magic. So, um, instead of, you know, it being in a position of calling on it, you're now thanking it. It's another expression of gratitude again. And so I go and I thank each element one by one, you know, um, thank you for your presence and your practice today. Thank you for your protection and thank you for your blessings. So just something like that. That's totally off the top of my head. Who knows what I actually say at the moment. And again, as with candle magic, you do not blow out your candle. Blowing out a candle 
just blows out everything you just put into the situation. It is the way to totally reverse your magic and to dampen it. Um, snuff it out. Just let the oxygen not get to it anymore. I don't know science, as you know, but just snuff it out and then let it rest. And so you close off, uh, not close off, but you, you give thanks to, and you end all the corners. You give thanks to the universe, to any other spirits that you may have evoked in that time. I always like to focus on a particular goddess or two or three. So I thank them for being with me. I always thank Archangel Gabriel because he's always present kind of in everything that I do as a witch. Uh, I'll thank Archangel Michael if I've asked, asked him for extra protection. If it's, um, if I'm dealing with something a little more heavy, um, I, I think, you know, the sky above the earth below, um, and the spirit within, and then you're pretty much done with your circle. All you have to do after that is to open it back up. So, you know, we have created this circle that is a contained closed space within, we are safe to practice our magic. And once you are done, you can simply say something like, um, the spell is complete blessed be the circle is open truly something as simple as that some <clears throat> oh my voice some witches believe that you have to undo the circle in the in the reverse of how you built the circle I mean I'm a bad witch I'm not gonna remember the exact way I did everything <laughs> to be honest so my philosophy is as long as you do it again from a place of gratitude you are openly and vocally thankful and you extinguish your candles in a safe way that doesn't dispel any of the magic, then you can open the circle in any way that works for you. It's just, you want to make sure that you're stating I'm opening the circle and not that I am breaking the circle. Breaking the circle, saying that out loud, or, or going through the action of actually breaking it open while you're trying to do what you need to do, will have the same effect of if you blow out a flame as opposed to snuffing out a flame. It just dissipates all that energy and all that magic that you just built up. And it's your, your stuff's just not going to work. <laughs> That's what you did. So that is essentially how to cast a circle, according to Mickey. Oh, and make sure that you show your gratitude and thank the circle itself. So not just the elements, not just the spirits you invoke, not just the goddesses, not just um, like the natural world that you're working with but also to thank the circle because without the circle, you know, that we casted, there would be no magic within the circle. So you have to thank that as well. But yeah, so that is my basic breakdown of how to cast a circle. And of course you don't have to cast a circle to do magic. We know that by now, and you don't have to do it under a full moon. You don't have to do it at three o'clock in the morning and venture out into the woods or any of that stuff. You don't have to have the most expensive uh, candles and crystals. You can do it all homemade if you want. You can, um, or you don't have to cast a circle at all. That can be reserved for when you need big energy. I was gonna, yeah, big energy, <laughs> big witch energy. That's what I was trying to say. You can reserve it for when you need that for, or when you're working with other witches and you want to cast that circle together, which is definitely something you can do. Um, but you know, if you are just, you just have a spell that you need to cast to, to get through that day or get through that week, you don't have to go through the whole ritualized, more formal setting of casting a circle. We don't always have time for that. And that's okay. Like most of us are just trying to find a little time to meditate each week. <laughs> we don't have time to lay down a whole circle to light every candle, to dig out our compass, wherever that might be. And so absolutely having a circle is a really important part of witchcraft. It's a really, it's a really key element to working with magic. And it's something that we've had for such a long, long time in witchcraft. You know, it's not a ritual or a place to be discounted, but you don't need it for everything. If you need to do a quick, um, binding spell or unblock something or you want to do a love come to me or a honey jar that we talked about in the ritual episode you don't have to lay down a whole circle it's just it's not realistic that every time you need to do a bit of magic you have to go through this whole process but not to discount the process also it's there and it's powerful and it works for a reason so I think it should go without saying I think you know what your homework is right <laughs> your homework is to cast a circle 
And if you don't feel ready to cast a circle yet, I know some of you are definitely baby witches and you know, you're just kind of getting through your witch 101 right now. If you don't feel comfortable going quite to that level yet, then your homework is simply to research um, a little bit more about casting a circle and looking into different techniques. You know, my, my way certainly isn't the only way. And also, if you're comfortable, I would like you to build up what you would put into your circle. So collect some of your totems that you would use for each element or collect those colorful candles, those different correspondences we all talked about. Um, and if you are ready, then your homework is to cast a circle. And if you have been casting circles and you're truly on that bad bitch vibe and not just the bad witch vibe, then your homework is to share with the group. Um, what did, what did Mika say in school? I can't remember, but your homework is to share with the group the ways that you like to do it because it's always helpful to have more than one perspective. Witchcraft is, uh, not just the Mickey show. It's a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different practices. And so, um, either share what you like to do when you cast your circle, or, um, I would love to hear stories or share with the Facebook group. If you're on Facebook stories about when you have cast your circle and how it went and what you, um, what you found to be true in that situation and how your spell turned out. I would love to hear that kind of stuff. And of course you can cast a circle as well. So there's a little bit of homework for every level. Um, as always, you don't have to do it this week. Don't feel pressured to Mickey said I have to cast a circle and I don't even have any candles yet. <laughs> don't worry. You're doing everything perfectly at your own pace. We talked so much about timing last week. So don't feel like you have to rush it. Everything in its due time you know, and so it is. You don't have to do things just because I'm saying this is your homework this week. You can work your way up to it. You can revisit this episode. You can take notes this episode and come back to it in six months. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> is that what Chris Jenner says? You're doing amazing, sweeties, all of you. You're doing amazing, baddies. So don't worry about it. Okay. So um, I saved the crystal of the week for the end because I <laughs> didn't want to get too overwhelmed trying to say the crystal. <clears throat> and then, sorry, y'all, if you thought my allergies were bad in the States, they are out of control here. Um, you know, doing the crystal and then having this whole, okay, this is how I break down casting the spell of casting the circle in my head and then getting to homework. So I say crystal for the end. I did not forget. <laughs> this is what it is this week. I was very, very, very tempted at first to do black obsidian because I knew in my mind and what I kept seeing and visualizing was that I wanted a black stone because black stones are so crucial for protection. But then I kind of dug into it a little bit and was like re-familiarizing myself with it. And it wasn't exactly the kind of perfe perfection. <laughs> it is perfection. It wasn't exactly the kind of protection I had in mind for casting a circle. So instead of doing um, black obsidian this week, which we will circle back to at some point, I thought that the perfect stone would actually be black tourmaline. So we've done it. Gosh, here we go. Here we go. We've done it tourmaline, tourmaline. I still don't know how to say it before. Um, but the black tourmaline specifically, again, is a protection stone. A lot of your black stones are going to be for protection. And boy, do they work. They are so good at keeping the nasties and the evils and the negatives and all those things that go bump in the night out. Um, I also find that black stones, all, kind of all the ones you're probably going to be familiar with, are really good, not with just keeping metaphysical energy away, but keeping actual people away. Hint, hint, if you need any help with that, <laughs> it's a good stone to have. Um, when I've had particularly pesky people in my life, I have definitely equipped myself with black obsidian, which is why it was really coming to me um, to repel them and keep them the hell away. But for a casting a circle, why black tourmaline or tourmaline, still not sure, <laughs> is a really good stone is because it actually does have an ability to generate a force field in a way and to really expel and put out any kind of negativity and really protect you in a way that it like covers you with an energy of its own, which, you know, we're talking about the circle and it being protected and wanting to keep all that stuff out and how we, with our minds can create the force field ourselves. If we don't want to make, you know, the physical circle, if we don't have the materials or the tools to do that. And even if we do, it's still a really, really powerful stone to have because it has its own protective force field and it emanates that out. And so it just radiates protection around you. And, you know, in that circle with that magic, that's so 
beautiful and sought after and of the earth and honest and pure and with such wonderful vibrations. We want to make sure that everything that is outside of the circle stays outside and keep it out as much as we can and not let anything in that might be, might be again, trying to come in and like siphon that stuff up. So that is your crystal of the week. Black stones are truly amazing. If you don't have any, or if you do have black tourmaline already, I would suggest black obsidian because again, it is good for keeping things away from you that you may not want to receive. <laughs> but that is pretty much everything on casting a circle. I hope that I made it, I hope that I made it make sense. <laughs> but if not, or if you have any questions, or if you just want to say hi, and again, if you want to commiserate with me about the full moon and how it just came for us this week or share some positive stories about it, um, thebadwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Reach out anytime, even though I'm hours and hours and hours ahead or behind everyone that listens to this podcast right now. I will get back to you as soon as I can, I promise. Um, especially because I am still a little jet lagged. I'm just waking up and being up at all hours. So who knows? I might write you back immediately. Um, so the bad witch podcast at gmail.com, the bad witch Facebook group, just search bad witch and request and I will let you in and also badwitch.com. Nope. <laughs> I do this every week. Patreon.com slash bad witch. If you want to become a patron, um, we have a $1 level. That is the shout outs. We have, I can't remember all the levels because it is 1.30 in the morning in Greece, <laughs> but we have readings. We have yes, no readings. We have full Oracle readings. We have witch mail. We have bonus episodes, all that fun stuff. So go check it out. Um, I am wishing you nothing but love and blessings and happiness and transformation in these upcoming week until I talk to you again. I cannot say enough how rough truly that full moon was for me, but knowing that I have the bad witch community and knowing that our coven is strong and intact and full of love and good vibes and knowing that I had this podcast to do was something that really, really kept me going through that really dark 36 hours I had. So I am always forever and eternally grateful for all of you, for everyone that listens, that shares the podcast, that writes review, that leaves me some stars, everything that you do. It is tremendous. Your impact in this world is tremendous. Um, because I was coming from a place during the moon, like y'all know by now, I don't know why I'm saying it. Like I was coming from a place of feeling like, do I matter? Do the things that I do matter? And I know that they do because I see it in action. And I want you all to know, because it was something I was having doubt with earlier this week, that you all matter so much. You are all worth so much to me, to the coven, to people in your everyday lives. And just go with that in your heart this week especially if you are going to be casting the circle, I think it's really, really important to know your worth and know what you deserve. And what do we say? We deserve good. So you're all amazing. I am so proud of all of you. We're all killing it and we're all surviving and we're all going to work towards the greater good. And we're going to take down the patriarchy. <laughs> we're going to all do our best and cast our circles and do our spells and do our rituals and to be the best bad witches we can be. I love you all. Blessed be. I will talk to you next week. Goodbye.